1: Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
0: Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I see the Democrat hacks in the media... If the Republicans think this is too long, then they, maybe they should get a new job. Do your jobs. Sit there as long as it takes. Of course, when the House was in control of the impeachment process, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. If you're a regular American and you're watching this, you've got to be totally turned off. The media are talking to themselves at this point, at least largely so. The ratings for this stuff, other than a handful of of programs, the ratings are in the tank. They're in the tank. You've got Adam Schiff up there doing his uh, Fidel Castro act. Just going on and on and on. Although he's incapable of growing the facial hair, that's apparently the case. But just going on, you have a Schumer up there, like some kind of apparatchik. Just think about the last three years. All of a sudden, the party that was appeasing the Soviet Union, the party that was slashing the United States military and its funds, is the tough guy party, standing up to the Russians, Tell me, how the Democrats stood up to the Russians? They didn't give any useful military aid to Ukraine. They didn't put any serious sanctions on the Russians. They were slashing our military while Putin was building his military. In 2016, when Obama was president, when they controlled the FBI and the CIA, the National Security Agency and all the rest, the Russians had a field day. It wasn't Trump colluding with the Russians. It was Obama failing to stop them and Hillary colluding with the Russians. But all of a sudden, they were tough about Ukraine. Oh, my God. When it comes to national security and foreign affairs, the modern Democrat Party is never tough. They're weak. As was recently demonstrated when the President of the United States took out the Islamo-Nazi Soleimani. He was a bad guy, but they're filled with butts, And I don't mean B-U-T, I mean B-U-T-T. They're filled with butts. They're not tough on Russia. They're not tough on China. They put an embassy in Cuba. They supported Venezuela right up to the end. Who are they kidding? And so we get these non-stop, inane, monotonous, propaganda-filled speeches from these Democrats. And the only people who really like them are the Senate Democrats, the House Democrats and the media Democrats. Ask blue-collar Democrats out there coal miners, steel workers, truck drivers. They want to listen to this crap, and they're not listening to this crap. I went into a small retail store today, actually a couple of them. I actually went into a Dunkin' Donuts. I didn't even get a donut. I just wanted some water. So I went in there and bought a, it. shocked my wife, but I bought a bottle of water. And the fellow, who was an immigrant from India, he sheepishly says to me, I've seen you on TV a few times. I said, okay. He said, do you think I support Trump or oppose him? I said, I think you're selling a hell of a lot more donuts. I'll bet you support him. He says, I support him. And I'm not even a Republican. And I'm going to vote for him. One of these guys, you remember that Joe Biden would mock. He said, and I can't really express it here because it's kind of 50-50. And I don't want to lose bill. I said, I totally understand. That's what's going on out there. I'm not saying everybody thinks that way. I can remember during the the House Judiciary Committee Rodino hearings on Nixon impeachment in the summer of, what was it? I'm, I'm trying to remember, 74, 73, whatever it was. Mr. Producer, you wouldn't know this. And Mr. Colson, you wouldn't either. You're too young, seriously. My eyes were glued to the television set. Many people their eyes were glued to the television set. Do you know anybody whose eyes are glued to the television set? Watching this Adam Schiff marathon? Anybody? I don't. People are sick of it. Because it's, it's not only the latest scam to try and attack the president. You already heard all this crap in the House of Representatives. There's absolutely nothing new in terms of supporting these so-called articles of impeachment. Nothing. So we had no new witnesses. No documents. New stuff. We need everything. We're still looking. And remember what they also said, including Pelosi. We'll impeach him again if we need to. And should Trump win the election, it's a sham. We've apl- let, me, let me put it bluntly like nobody else can or will. The Democrat Party is the party of Vladimir Putin. The Democrat Party is the party of Xi of China. The Democrat Party operates with a same totalitarian mindset. And the Democrat Party has done more damage in the last three years to the civil society to America's faith in their system to the halls of Congress to the Constitution especially the impeachment clause than Vladimir Putin or Xi or any of them could possibly do. And then they tell us they're prayerful and this is a somber moment. And then the press tells us where are the free press You got George Stephanopoulos today. There's a video of him cutting off Jay Sekulow by making a motion with his hand in his throat, like, cut my throat, cut him off. We're not fooled by this. This isn't some great historic moment where Congress is righteous and Congress is standing up To a president, a president that needs to be removed because he's a danger to the country. Serious people don't believe that for a second. He's been president for three years. He hasn't done anything dangerous to the country. He's followed the Constitution. He's followed every single court order. He's followed every statute. He hasn't abused his power. You got senators writing letters. Writing letters. To Ukraine, threatening them. That didn't come up during the long, caster-like speeches of the the fraudulent House Democrat managers. None of that's come up. All this cherry-picking of video and audio and cherry-picking of documents and so forth, that's what you do when you reject a legitimate process. And they do. And they rejected it in the House. Then you have some people who are writing editorials and saying things that are absolutely ridiculous. They do not understand the impeachment process. And I mentioned it briefly. I should mention it again. There's two great pieces at The Federalist. Highly critical of an editorial National Review. And they're right. Basically what they're saying at National Review, corporate, collectively. Just admit, Mr. President, your phone call wasn't perfect. Just admit, you shouldn't have said what you said about Biden. But then say it's still not an impeachable offense. What? Oh, yes. And then Adam Schiff and the Democrat managers and Chuck Schumer and Pelosi and the media, then they're more likely, you see, to embrace your argument. And it's a more legitimate argument, they say. Now, where have these people been for three years? Where have they been? The president has been accused of so many crimes, real crimes and abuses of power by these very same people that have all been baseless and illegitimate. That they think that kind of an approach is going to win anybody over? First of all, I insist, and I have insisted, that it was not a problematic phone call. And I will continue to insist that, regardless of what everybody else says. I do not believe that Joe Biden and his son, and as you'll learn Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin, should get a pass. I don't have a problem with the President of the United States raising it with the president of Ukraine, among many other things. He didn't raise in connection with anything else. He didn't make any threats. There was no pressure. We know it. We have the transcript. The president of Ukraine, the foreign minister of Ukraine, have all said the same thing. We can read it with our own two eyes. We don't need interpreters. We certainly don't need politicians and partisans interpreting it for us. It's released. It's exculpatory. We read it. There's nothing about interfering with an election there. And to quote the liberal Democrats, what are the Bidens afraid of? What are they afraid of? Now, I'm sick and tired of this. I've been around long enough to see how Republicans and conservatives are treated, investigated endlessly, at the drop of a pin. And Democrats get a pass. They get a pass. More often than not. This president is a victim, National Review. This president was investigated by a special counsel. And we have the special counsel's report. They had a clear field. They could have said whatever they wanted to say. We have a big report and nothing. You can read around the edges, you can read between the lines, but you shouldn't have to. What did it say? In the end, it said nothing. I want to remind you, and we're going to go back with the help of Eli like in a fantastic piece, except for a few sentences, but otherwise I think a fantastic piece in Commentary Magazine the other day. We're going to go back to the beginning, which the media do not want to talk about, which these house managers do not want to talk about and apparently the editorial at national review doesn't want to talk about it. you really can't look at this out of context what's been taking place here you really can't look at it out of context i'll be right back
1: love in
0: as the new year begins hillsdale college thanks you for your loyalty to freedom since eighteen forty four Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of Liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive Imprimus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on its core purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the rest of the country. Happy New Year from Hillsdale College. And to learn more, visit LevinforHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, we conservatives and we Republicans and Trump supporters, we've put up with a lot of crap from this government. A lot of crap from this government. Donald Trump had spies inserted into his campaign by the Federal Bureau of Investigation run by the Obama administration. That is a fact. The FISA court was corrupted. I'm starting to think... Intentionally so, based on how they're going about their own investigation. And the Department of Justice has now admitted that the prior Department of Justice got two extensions to an actual warrant that were illegitimate. Illegitimate. We have a special counsel appointed at the pressure of Chuck Schumer, pressuring Rod Rosenstein, the Deputy Attorney General, Never forget, it was Schumer pushing. And we have a report where the prosecutors in the second volume are fighting with each other. But no definitive statement of criminality whatsoever, none, and a definitive statement of no collusion. We were told over and over and over again that the Southern District of New York was going to indict Donald Trump after the election, that they had a secret sealed indictment because of his violations of campaign finance laws. How many times did I come behind this microphone and explain what a lie that was? Michael Cohen pledged that went on for months. Nothing. Zero. The president's family, members of his family, deposed. His staff, deposed. Former business acquaintances, deposed. Scores and scores of subpoenas. Claims of impeachable offenses from before the time he was even sworn in, and virtually every day thereafter. incredible and now they impeached him and we're supposed to sit here ladies and gentlemen this phone call you see they got him finally the phone call he was trying to get the Ukrainians to interfere in our election what the hell do you think all of this has been what do you think this impeachment and this trial are about what have I been saying they're interfering in the election They're interfering in the 2020 election. They're trying to deny the Republican nomination to the sitting Republican president. They're trying to deny the legitimacy of the 2016 election. They're already projecting the illegitimacy of the 2020 election if Trump wins. If they win, of course, it's Nirvana. It's paradise. We 63 million and others who agree with us but sat on their asses on election day We are being abused. We are being victimized. We are under attack. And we are under attack by the Democrat Party news media and by the Democrat Party. More when I return.
1: the others, but there's only one Mark Levin, and you can call him at 877 381
0: You know, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you almost everything. I think that's why you like tuning in here. Um, one of these days, maybe it's three years from now, Mr. Producer, four years, two years, whatever it is, I've got to make a decision. I've got a radio Part of that is podcast, I've got digital TV, I've got cable TV, and I've got books. That's a pretty full plate, wouldn't you say, Mr. Producer? Something's going to give. In other words, I'm going to make a career decision in a few years. And decide which one or two things I want to focus on. Radio for sure. It will either be radio, podcasting, but radio for sure. Out of all the things I do, that's what I love the most. It gives me a lot of independence. And I have to say, Westwood One, my syndicator, Cumulus, the mothership, have been absolutely outstanding. All of my associations with all these different companies have been outstanding, quite frankly. I couldn't be happier with them. But something's going to have to give. I'm getting too old, Mr. Bidus. It's just the way it is. And I'll make decisions down the road. It, and, and really, you're going to be involved in this. In other words, if you keep listening to radio and the podcasting, I'll keep doing it. If you keep signing up for Living TV, if you keep watching it on Fox, keep buying the books, I still have to make a decision. And I love to write. I love the process. It's grueling of doing your own research because most of these knuckleheads don't. But I love that process. And I learn an enormous amount as a result of it. So something's going to give, but not everything. I'm just thinking out loud during the break here. Probably part of my problem is I tell you what I'm thinking during the break. I want to get into this Eli Lake piece in a moment so we don't forget. What about-ism? History. Eli Lake in commentary. The FBI scandal. Donald Trump published the most consequential tweet of his presidency on March 4, 2017. Quote, How low has President Obama gone to tap my phones during the very sacred election process, unquote, the chief executive pondered. This is Nixon, Watergate, bad or sick guy, unquote. Now what my friend Eli doesn't say, and he is my friend. The reason the president put out that tweet is because I made a statement on radio the Thursday before then on Fox and Friends the Sunday before. It was uh, elaborated upon by my friend Joe Pollack over at Breitbart. And then I repeated my points on Hannity that Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what started all of this. It wasn't a congressional committee, the House Intelligence Committee, the Senate Judiciary Committee, it was this radio broadcast. I didn't have any inside information. I didn't have subpoena power. I was looking at the news reports. And because I had experience as a former chief of staff to an attorney general of the United States, to me, the greatest attorney general in history, Edwin, Edwin Meese, I could tell the FBI was leaking. Somebody was leaking investigative information about a FISA warrant which told me there was a FISA warrant. Maybe more than one. <clears throat> anyway, Eli, we go back to his article. The response from Trump's opposition was outrage. The Washington Post fact checker gave it four Pinocchio's. The director of the FBI, James Comey, rebuked Trump. And said such a thing could never happen. James Clapper, Obama's director of national intelligence, assured NBC's Meet the Press that no warrants had been issued in 2016 to surveil members of the Trump campaign. In a narrow sense, the pushback against Trump's tweet was correct, he says. Trump himself was never personally the target of an FBI wiretap. But I might add here we didn't know exactly what was taking place, and neither did the reporters, but we knew things were taking place because they were regurgitating the leaks from the FBI and other places. In any case, he writes, president doesn't order such a thing. The FBI applies for a warrant to eavesdrop on Americans from a secret court. No such warrant was issued to bug the president's offices. But the furious denials, he says, were misleading. To paraphrase a cliché from 2016, Trump's tweet should have been taken seriously, not literally. Obama did not tap Trump's phone, but his FBI did spy on Trump's campaign. And that's what I said. That fact is no longer in dispute. The question is whether the FBI was justified in treating the Trump campaign itself as a suspect in this crime against the 2016 election. The answer is messy. A comprehensive survey of all available information about the matter shows there were grounds in the summer of 2016, writes Lake, for American intelligence and law enforcement officials at the FBI to turn their attention to the peculiar behavior of some Trump campaign advisors. I disagree with that, but let's go on. But as the Bureau learned more about them, it should have reassessed its theory of the case. Indeed, it was obliged to do so by law and custom and elementary standards of fairness. Instead, the FBI relied on lurid, sketchy, and sleazy opposition research generated by former British spy Christopher Steele, information so spurious that even liberal news organizations briefed on the so-called Steele dossier before the 2016 election wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole, although it got to Jake Tapper eventually at CNN. Eventually, and they, they lapped it up. And he used that information in a specious, circular, and misleading manner to keep that investigation afloat and active into the first two years of Trump's presidency. Now, keep in mind, this is the man they're impeaching. He's the victim. Even after the Bureau had good reason to, know, to, uh, to tout its veracity, it didn't share the exculpatory information it uncovered, not with the public, not with the courts, not even with the Justice Department lawyers who were supposed to check its work. The result was a debacle. What had been teased as the greatest espionage scandal in American history, a U.S. president conspiring with Russia to steal an election, today should be seen as a cautionary tale about the fallibility of our lawmen and spies, and the credulity of our press, and the hubris and hysteria of Trump's resistance. Hubris and hysteria of Trump's resistance. I don't know. If there were spies in my campaign, if there was opposition research of the sort that we know, and if the FISA court had abused its authority, I uh, I don't think there would be hubris and hysteria. I'd like to see a little bit more hysteria. Here's what happened. On the eve of the Republican National Convention, at the beginning of August 2016, the FBI launched crossfire hurricane, a probe of the Trump campaign's possible collusion with Russia. Over the course of a few months, the Bureau sent informants and undercover agents to to record five of Trump's campaign advisors surreptitiously through conversations those informants and undercover agents set up on the FBI's behalf. Let me just stop there. As someone who served in the Reagan White House and someone who served in the Reagan Justice Department, I'm not patting myself on the head. I will just tell you this. If we had had an FBI that did just this, that sent informants and undercover agents, spies, to record five, five, of a demigrant, let's say it was uh, Michael Dukakis at the time, who was uh, going to run against Bush or running against Bush, his campaign advisors, we would have told the President of the United States. There's no way he wouldn't have known. No way the Attorney General would have driven over or been driven over to the Oval Office to brief the President of the United States. That's how serious this was, or would be. Do you know to this day, we don't know anything about that? Obama's not asked? There's not a single reporter who's dug into this? Not one. Not one. It's shocking to me. Anyway, he goes on. A counterintelligence briefing the FBI offered to the Trump campaign was used as an occasion to assess and record the reactions of General Michael Flynn. So they were setting up Flynn. The former Defense Intelligence Agency director would later go on to serve briefly, very, as Trump's first national security advisor. Most significant at the FBI's request was the behavior of the secretive foreign intelligence surveillance court. The FISC granted four successive warrants to eavesdrop electronically on the communications of a low-level Trump foreign policy advisor, Carter Page. This was a highly unusual step in a matter involving a U.S. citizen, because Page was working for the presidential campaign of the party out of power. Again, I want to remind you, that party is the Democrat Party, as you watch this disgusting farce going on each day in the United States Senate. By that party! To get those warrants approved, the FBI submitted uncorroborated opposition research that didn't pay for by the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign without fully informing the court about the origins of the information, and while knowingly using news stories entirely based on the information as supplemental evidence to convince the court to extend the warrants. They leaked the information in the media, then treated it as some independent report and used it in the FISA warrant uh, application. And while the electronic surveillance of Page didn't begin until after he left the campaign in October 2016, the FBI was given license to comb through his past tax emails, and phone records. You see, to me, and we heard Philly bump over the Washington Post make this point in the past, to me this makes it worse. Trump gets elected president, he becomes president, and they're still surveilling People, Carter Page, and wherever it would lead, who had worked for Trump in his campaign. We first learned the broad outlines of this in February 2018 from the former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunes. Well, we learned a lot of it when I sat here and pulled these various newspaper articles together and called them exhibits as well. But Nunes is a hero. There's no denying that. He is a hero. And remember when the Republican Party turned on him, the Republicans in the Senate? Oh, we, you know, we don't conduct ourselves in the Senate this way. You remember this? Even our friend Lindsey Graham turned on him. Mitch McConnell turned on him. They all turned on him. I have a long memory. Nunes claimed that Page warrants had relied on sketchy information. His findings were disputed by the FBI, and derided by Democrats on Nunes's committee, and by the elite press and by Republicans. Eli. Alas, for Nunes' many vociferous critics, Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz released a devastating report in December of 2019 on the origins of the FBI's investigation that vindicated him in retrospect. Horowitz confirmed much of what Nunes had reported and provided more detail on the omissions and falsehoods the FBI's agents and lawyers had passed on to the Justice Department and the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court to obtain the page warrant. Now, we're going to continue because it's important to remember what's going on on the Senate floor today before we forget what took place here. Donald Trump is the victim, like no president in American history. And it goes on today on the Senate floor and in the media. I'll be right back. love in. As the new year begins, Hillsdale College thanks you for your loyalty to freedom. Since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of Liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive Primus for free every month, or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses, or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on its core purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the rest of the country. Happy New Year from Hillsdale College. And to learn more, visit LevinForHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now, I know uh, most places, they rush through this stuff. We're taking our time. We're going to continue after the top of the hour. and what took place to try and prevent Trump from being president and then try to cripple and destroy his presidency from within the Obama you know, bureaucracy? And then we have the Democrat Party press. And so it's like, oh, it must be Ukraine. Oh, that phone call in Ukraine. Have we lost our minds? No, we haven't. But we have a vicious enemy. We have implants in the media. And the Democrat Party, many times through American history, has been the enemy of the people. Read the history of the Democrat Party. After the Inspector General Report's release, the court itself issued a rare public statement demanding reforms and questioning the veracity of the Bureau's other surveillance warrant applications. What's not said here and what is appalling is that Landmark Legal Foundation filed a motion with this judge and this court provided an abundance, an abundance of information in the public record about what was taking place and had taken place. And the judge, Collier, rejected it out of hand. Rejected it out of hand. Literally. Didn't even take the time to consider what was filed. That's why I said, if this court can't be reformed, it needs to be abolished. And I'm starting to think it needs to be abolished, because how the hell are they going to reform it? This is important, ladies and gentlemen, this whataboutism context... Hello everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I will continue like Sherman through Atlanta. Sorry, Atlanta. I'm not going to be distracted by senators like Chris Coons, a complete moron from Delaware. Wow, we have a tape recording, illicitly taping. The President of the United States had a private dinner by one of these Ukrainian nationals, in which the President says we need to get rid of the ambassador to the Ukraine. Now, I'd like to hear the tape. Have you heard the tape, Mr. Producer? I know they talk about the tape, but I haven't heard the tape. But that said, who cares? The president can get rid of an ambassador. It's an Obama holdover who hated the president's guts. That was clear during our testimony. Well, Chris Coon says, well, you can't have a president of the United States conducting a private foreign policy with his own lawyer. You can't? Anybody ever hear of Hopkins? or Bill Richardson, or on and on and on. Virtually every president has had a second channel. There's nothing wrong with that. Why the hell does this come up in an impeachment context, in a trial context? Because they cling to anything. Now compare that to what I've been reading for you from this Eli Lake piece. We know all this, but I like the way he husbands all the, the facts. Let's continue. Let's continue what was done to the President of the United States. According to the Horowitz Inspector General report last year, crossfire hurricane was triggered by a tip from Australia's uh, former foreign minister, Alexander Downer, on July 28, 2016. And he informed the U.S. government that a low-level Trump aide named George Papadopoulos had bragged to him over drinks earlier in the year that the Russians might have had dirt on Hillary Clinton. At the time, Danner hadn't thought much of it, but the conversation took on new meaning for him, once WikiLeaks began publishing internal DNC emails. After receiving his tip, FBI counterintelligence chief Bill Prestep needed only three days in consultation with the FBI's leadership to launch the most important investigation in the Bureau's history. The IG's account here is disputed by a handful of conservative writers who believe the FBI had its sights on Trump well before July 28. They claim Downer's warning was a pretext. U.S. Attorney John Durham, who's investigating the U.S. government's probe of the Trump campaign, and Attorney General William Barr have offered a milder but potent criticism. They've argued that the tip from Downer was not proper predication for a full investigation into the presidential campaign of the opposition party. In other words, it was an excuse to go after the Trump campaign. Now, let's stop here. Did you ever think in your life that you would hear anything like this? Did you ever think you'd ever hear anything like this and the media wouldn't flinch? They wouldn't blink? In fact, they'd participate in the cover-up? And now they're on the floor of the Senate? These Democrats, who could care less about any of this, over a letter, over a phone call, I should say. Which I would agree is perfectly fine phone call. Look, National Review and I disagree. Got a lot of Trump haters over there still. But look, that's my view. Their assertion has some merit. We know that Papadopoulos had relayed a rumor that he heard in April from a mysterious Maltese professor named Joseph Muf- Mifsud. But what he had told Downer was very vague. Horwitz says Papadopoulos suggested the Trump team had received some kind of suggestion from Russia that it could assist this process with the anonymous release of information during the campaign that would be damaging to Clinton. Papadopoulos made no mention of Clinton's deleted emails or hacked DNC emails. So in other words, it had nothing to do with the email scandal. Who exactly is Joseph Mifsud? Some of those who think the case against Trump campaign was ginned up by the deep state say he was a Western intelligence asset sent to set up Papadopoulos. For its part, the FBI said there wasn't as good reason to suspect that he was working for Russia. In a 2018 op-ed, former FBI Director Comey asserted Mifsud was a Russian agent. And The final report from Special Counsel Mueller says he had been a one-time employee of Russia's Internet Research Agency. That said, the full story on Mifsud has not yet been told. For example, Mueller's report accuses him of lying to investigators, but Mueller didn't charge Mifsud with a crime. Nor did Horowitz have access to files from the CIA or Allied Foreign Intelligence Services. Dorham does have that kind of access. We may find out more when he completes his investigation. <coughs> we do know he has been a frequent guest at conferences and Western capitals, and so forth. In other words, if what Comey and Mueller say is true, they may have revealed a much more significant counterintelligence problem for the U.S. government than anything Papadopoulos may have said to anybody. At the same time, this doesn't disprove Mifsud's links to the Kremlin. It's possible the FBI was able to confirm those ties. His meeting with Papadopoulos did not occur in a vacuum. It was part of a larger mosaic. But the time, by the time it received Downer's tip, The FBI was already collecting evidence on how Russia's military intelligence agency, the GRU, had gone, honey. It's impossible to read this extremely long but extremely edifying piece on the air, particularly uh, when I'm sucking wind with bronchitis. But here's another section, the Steele dossier, which he dismantles, and rightly so. Third section, after the 2016 election, what had taken place what Comey had done, and so forth. The fourth section, Schiff and Comey, which is very elaborating. Fifth section, Muller and beyond. Now, it's an important piece because it's an subsequent summary of what we know. And I'm telling you, That this will be looked upon one day, one day should we have a real media, should we have real historians, as a shocking time in American history. How an administration, in the head of the administration, Barack Obama was able to skate completely, completely, without being confronted with any questions whatsoever about his knowledge. Protected by the Republicans and the Democrats. Protected by the media. I'd be curious to know if the U.S. Attorney Dorm is going to interview Obama. Or Biden. Even though I don't think we're allowed to investigate Biden. But how is it that you couldn't talk to Obama? To you know exactly what he knew? Or Valerie Jarrett or any of the, the people who surrounded him? But step back and think about this, folks. The reason I came under attack in early March of 2017 when all I did is put the reporting together. The reason why Devin Nunes has come under vicious attack. The reason why John Solomon is under attack by people in his own profession. And I could go on and on. Is because what took place here has never taken place in American history before. Never. And it is Barack Obama who should be the subject of the debate on the floor of the United States Senate. Obviously not in impeachment context because he's left office. But he should be the subject of debate on the floor of the Senate. Because it is his administration that interfered with an election. It's his administration that used a foreign power. It's his administration that was corrupt in every respect. Donald Trump was the victim. He was the victim in New York on the allegations of violating campaign finance laws. He was the victim of the Mueller report. And he's the victim now. I'll be right back. There they are, the Democrats and their surrogates on TV arguing motives. The only reason, you see, that President Trump gave military support to Ukraine is because he got caught. Well, Wait a minute, I thought he gave it in his first year in office, his second year in office... This is not evidence. This is not proof. This is insanity. Now I'm going to move completely to another matter. President of the United States went to the March for Life. And rightly, and rightly proud of the fact he's the first president to do it. And this is a really an amazing thing. Donald Trump has become a very strong pro-life force. I really think, as President of the United States, and I've, we've talked about this, he's become increasingly conservative in a number of areas, not every area, but the Bushes weren't either for that matter. But increasingly so, and not for ideological reasons. I think for common sense, practical reasons, or in this case, faith reasons. He set the march for life. Let's hear a little bit of that cut six go
2: all of us here today understand an eternal truth every child is a precious and sacred gift from god together we must protect cherish and defend the dignity and the sanctity of every human life when we see the image of a baby in the womb we glimpse The majesty
0: of God's creation. That's right. You won't hear a single Democrat running for president say that. Not one. This is another disgrace. They want you to believe they care about the poor. They want you to believe they care about this, care about that. This is a matter of humanity. Look. Look. If you believe, quote-unquote, any choice, then defend your position. But don't defend your position by rejecting actual science. It's an amazing thing. They got this climate change stuff, which is not backed by actual science in many respects. Man-made climate change. That man can infect volcanoes and earthquakes and hurricanes. It's so stupid. But anyway. But we have real science now. We have what's called sonograms. We have other ways of knowing when life begins, and we're able to de- determine that it begins earlier and earlier and earlier. But it is inconvenient. It's an inconvenient science for the left. And so they argue emotion. That's what they do. These are human beings. Now, if you don't think they should live, then, then make your case. But don't pretend they're not human beings. But they had the media in their in their back pocket in every respect. Cut seven, go when we hold
2: a newborn in our arms we know the endless love that each child brings to a family when we watch a child grow we see the splendor that radiates from each human soul one life changes the world from my family and i can tell you i send love and i send great great love and from the first day in office i've taken a historic action to support America's families and to protect the unborn. And during my first week in office, I reinstated and expanded the Mexico City policy, and we issued a landmark pro-life rule to govern the use of Title X taxpayer funding. I notified Congress that I would veto any legislation that weakens pro-life policies or that encourages the destruction of human life.
0: Again, you're not going to hear that from any Democrat. Cut eight, go.
2: At the United Nations, I
0: made clear that
2: global bureaucrats have no business attacking the sovereignty of nations that protect innocent life. Unborn children have never had a stronger defender in the White House. And as the Bible tells us, each person is wonderfully made. We have taken decisive action to protect the religious liberty. So important, religious liberty has been under attack all over the world and, frankly, very strongly attacked in our nation. You see it better than anyone, but we are stopping it.
0: So right about that. One more. Cut nine, go.
2: Sadly, the far left is actively working to erase our God given rights, shut down faith based charities, ban religious believers from the public square, and silence Americans who believe in the sanctity of life. They are coming after me because I am fighting for you, and we are fighting for those who have no voice, and we will win because we know how to win. Mm-hmm. We all know how to win. We all know how to win. You've been winning for a long time. You've been winning for a long time. Together, we are the voice for the voiceless. When it comes to abortion, Democrats — and you know this, you've seen what's happened — Democrats have embraced the most radical and extreme positions taken and seen in this country for years and decades. And you could even say for centuries.
0: Yep, he's right about that. After the bottom of the hour, I want you to listen to another humanitarian and patriot who went all the way over to Israel on the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz and so forth. And um, his name is Mike Pence. There's a lot of people out there, not us, but there's a lot of people who don't appreciate the, the strong moral core that Mike Pence has. And you just heard the President of the United States. You know what's interesting? You have presidents who are in the Oval Office. Who violated their marriage vows, who seized upon young women. And we're told that's all personal. Lyndon Johnson, perhaps the worst, never talked about John Kennedy, not allowed to talk about it. Bill Clinton, of course, we know about it. And they attacked Donald Trump. But isn't it interesting? And when I said this before, the left-wing websites, which are manned by morons, particularly at night, who, you know, they have to choose between the friar at McDonald's and working at these websites. And they really ought to pick the friars at McDonald's as at least a, a good job by good people. Anyway, this president has not been unethical or immoral in the least, not even a hint of it while he's been in the Oval Office. Not a hint of it. I'll be right back.
2: Blasting yeah! conservative fire. The Mark LeVen Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811.
0: Computer systems in cars are the new normal, from electronically controlled transmissions to touchscreen displays to dozens of sensors. All this advanced tech is expensive to fix if and when it breaks. That's why I have CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield has helped over 1 million customers. So drive with confidence knowing you got coverage from America's number one auto protection provider. Whether you have 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles on your vehicle, it's inevitable. Something's going to break. Folks, get covered by CarShield today. We are on our 2010 Camaro. It's very simple. Call 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000, mention code LEVIN. You'll save 10% or go online. Visit carshield.com, carshield.com, use code LEVIN, that's L-E-V-I-N, and you'll save 10% that way too. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN, a deductible may apply. This hasn't been covered very much in America, and that's a shame by America's news media. They're busy slobbering all over Adam Schiff. Mike Pence at the 5th World Holocaust Forum in Israel yesterday, some of what he said. Cut, 10, go. In that
3: same spirit, we must also stand strong against the leading state purveyor of anti-Semitism. Against the one government in the world that denies the Holocaust as a matter of state policy and threatens to wipe Israel off the map. The world must stand strong against the Islamic Republic of Iran.
0: Very, very important. I wonder what Obama's people would say. Hey, can we give you another 50 billion? Give me another 50 billion. Will you settle down then? Hey, we'll send John Kerry over there, mashed potato face. Sure, give us another 50 billion. Well, we'll, we'll behave ourselves like we've been, of course. More Mike Pence. Cut 11.
3: Go. When soldiers opened the gates of Auschwitz on January 27, 1945, they found 7,000 half-starved, half-naked prisoners, hundreds of boxes of camp records that documented the greatest mass murder in history. Before the war was over, in its five years of existence, more than 1.1 million men, women, and children would perish
0: at Auschwitz. Now, I want you to think about that. Stop. In one death camp, 1.1 million men and women were exterminated. One death camp.
3: Go ahead. As my wife and I can attest firsthand from this past year, One cannot walk the grounds of Auschwitz without being overcome with emotion and grief.
0: Yep, that's true. I want to ask you parents a question. Excuse me. Who have children today in our government school system. I want to ask you a question. Whether it's middle school or high school have your kids been taught about the holocaust do they know anything about Auschwitz do they know what occurred at these places I'd like to know you know Many of our school systems, ladies and gentlemen, use the New York Times to develop history lessons for your children. The New York Times, which says that America was founded in slavery, it's in our DNA in 1619. The New York Times, which did not seriously report about the Holocaust, in fact covered it up when it was taking place in real time. I'm curious, teaching about LGBTQ, teaching about God knows what, I'm asking you, Mr. Callscreen seriously, clear the board. And I, I apologize to all the people who have called in, but this just comes to, to front of mind. I want to know if your children have been taught about the Holocaust, the extent of they've been taught about it, and so forth, because it's so crucially important to understand how a society completely collapses. Completely collapses. Some of the great righteous Gentiles, Christians, have made the point over and over and over again, and there are so many, that the Jewish people have to be thankful for. So many wonderful, wonderful non-Jews who are concerned about anti-Semitism. And so we had one of them on the program the other day, Curtis Slewa. They interviewed one of them, Life, Liberty and Levin, the great Pastor Hagee. You just heard another one, Mike Pence. You've heard of another one before. Donald Trump. But when a society collapses, as many righteous Gentiles have pointed out, and Jews, unfortunately the so-called canary in the so-called coal mine are the Jews. And so when you look at what's taking place in Brooklyn and other communities in this country, when you look what's taking place on our college campuses, this is why it should be of universal concern, regardless of what your faith is. It should be of universal concern. And instead, instead, what's going on in the United States Congress? I sit here as somebody, as an American, so proud to be an American, and I look around this country, and I thank the good Lord that by chance I was born here. I didn't have to fight my way into this country. My ancestors did. Legally. But that aside. I look at this society. Is there another country in the world? Like this country? It doesn't matter what your faith is, what your color is. It really doesn't matter about anything. You're basically not just unmolested, you're embraced. Particularly once you become a citizen. Even before, but particularly once you become a citizen. We have laws in place to protect you. And discrimination against you. You have an economic system that doesn't discriminate against anybody. That's the nature of capitalism. I said to my neighbor the other day, Kevin, good guy. I said, what other country on the face of the earth can a guy like you, Kevin, of Irish ancestry, a proud Irishman, and a guy like me, Russian Jewish ancestry, be buddies, have access to anything we want, become anything we want, be as free as we are, as a matter of course, there's not another country, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care, you can point to Britain, you can point to, there's not another country, <laughs> and the left is destroying it, through identity politics, balkanization, tribalization. They're destroying it. And I look at Donald Trump. I look at Donald Trump. I look at him. He's under attack from the hard left. He gets under attack from a few of these knuckleheads at National Review and other. And I look at him and I think to myself. Here's a man. March for life today. They call him Hitler. They say he has no character. March for life. March for life. The first president to appear at a March for Life rally, ever. Putting justices on the Supreme Court who are not activists and on other courts. He really is a believer. I'm convinced of it. And look at this man. I mean, my people, the Jewish people, they vote overwhelmingly Democrat. 75%, 70%, sometimes more. Donald Trump has, has done things that are so historic, the people of Israel understand it, but liberal Democrat Jews in this country could care less because they're not staring down Syria and Hezbollah and Hamas and Fatah and Iran and all the rest. I look at guys. I'm just being honest with you. There's a lot of Jewish people who wouldn't communicate this to you, but you're my family. I look at Jerry Nadler. I look at Adam Schiff. I look at the hate they have for Donald Trump. Elliot Engel. The hate. Chuck Schumer. The hate. For a president who's been the greatest friend of the state of Israel in the history of the state of Israel. Not even a close call. It's repulsive. Absolutely repulsive. And I struggle with this intellectually all the time. And I come to my own conclusions. You really have to hate this country to hate Donald Trump the way these people do. You really do. You really do. And I find the people who hate the state of Israel hate America too, the hard left, bernie sanders supporters aoc omar talib so forth but i'll never understand i mean there's arguments that the religion of the liberal jew is really liberalism i got it but in my soul and my heart i'll never understand it never i'm not a catholic But from afar, I'll never understand how they can support a Nancy Pelosi or a Ted Kennedy and not support a Donald Trump and what he has done on this issue of abortion. And it's also one of the reasons I'm a great admirer of Hasidic Jews and Orthodox Jews and Evangelical Christians. I know what I'm saying is controversial. I don't much care. To me, these are the people who have the greatest soul and the understanding of morality. I really believe this. All right, I'm done rambling. We'll be right back.
1: Mark in.
0: Asking about education about the Holocaust, there was a Washington Post article, Holocaust Study Two-Thirds of Millennials Don't Know What Auschwitz Is, Two-Thirds. From April 12, 2018, two-thirds of American millennials surveyed in a recent poll cannot identify what Auschwitz is, according to a study released on Holocaust Remembrance Day that found the knowledge of the genocide that killed six million Jews during World War II is not robust among American adults. And so I'm curious about this. I'm troubled by this. The hell are we teaching these kids? By the way, still more media regurgitating the arguments of motive. This is important. A motive, as a caller pointed out yesterday, maybe two, rather than facts. The Democrats are pushing motives that they are concocting or inferring, as opposed to evidence and facts. American financing, you know, refinancing to consolidate debt is an attractive option for a variety of reasons. Makes debt payments more affordable, and oftentimes it can help with building your credit. The mortgage rates continue to remain low, making it worth your while to consider a mortgage refinance. You can easily do so with the help from my friends at American Financing. And you really ought to consider it. It's a way to save money. It's a no-brainer. And you ought to do it with American Financing. This is a family-owned business. They're not there to, to screw you over, and I recommend them because their mortgage consultants are only focused on your goals, so there's never any pressure, no upfront or hidden fees, just simple conversations and guidance, and they know what they're doing because they've been around for over two decades, helping people just like you save up to $1,000 a month, sometimes more, plus you don't have to restart your loan term, meaning you're not paying interest on your years you don't need. Not every lender can do that, you know, but American financing can. So make the 10-minute call now and get your free mortgage review. Here's the call, 888-900-1828, 888-900-1828, or go online to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So here's the media. Recording show Trump talked about firing Ukraine ambassador with Leb Parnas. And so they're saying he wanted to fire the ambassador because she was getting into the way. Getting into the way, resisting the president's effort to have the Ukrainian government announce that they were at least looking into the Bidens. Where does that come from? Is there a shred of evidence to show that? All you liberal Democrats listening to me tonight, show me where that is. Show me a shred of evidence. And then their answer is, wow, we can't get the documents. We can't get Bolton. Well, of course. They always want you to look over the horizon. I'm looking on the Senate floor. Where is your evidence for that? So what's happening? And so the reporters say the same thing. Motive. They ask, what's the motive? But they don't put it that way. They'll have a a Republican, uh, excuse me, a White House spokesperson or Republican senators. What do you make of this? What do you think of this? You make a what? You're going to remove a president of the United States, the argument goes? Because you're projecting and putting words in his mouth? You have this, this reprobate who tapes the president of the United States, they claim. A Ukrainian national. Isn't the issue that he was taping a president of the United States? Trust me, it would be if it were Obama. They'd be running to his defense in two seconds. All right, I asked the question out there. We'll get some answers. The 75th anniversary of the... What do we call it? The freeing of Auschwitz? Well, you know what I mean. And here I have this article. A year and a half or two years old. Two-thirds of millennials don't know what Auschwitz is. 1.1 million Jews... Were exterminated there. And by the way, while they were being exterminated there, the New York Times covered it up. I, I want you to think about this. This is incredible. We'll be right back.
1: He's here. He's here.
0: Democrats aren't seeking to destroy Donald Trump, impeach, and then remove him from office because of, quote-unquote, endless wars. It's actually a lot bigger than that. It's actually a lot more robust than that. It's a direct assault on our constitutional system. But I want to get into this with you, take some of the calls. There's another study here that was done in September 2019 just a few months ago. And I'm just wondering what's being taught. And you see, a lot of this has to do with what's being taught and what you're seeing in the media. 22% of surveyed millennials are unaware of, unsure what the Holocaust is. I'm mentioning this on the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. 66% of millennials, 66%, and 41% of adults don't know what Auschwitz is. But they know what Medicare for All is. Now we have some callers there, correct Mr. Call Screener? Who, uh, who can tell us what their kids are being taught in school? Well, can somebody suggest which caller I should take? Amy, Colorado Springs Sirius Satellite, Go. Hi, Mark. Thanks
4: for taking my call. Um, yes. I have a 7th grader, and she's in middle school, and she knows nothing about the Holocaust. Um, they're not teaching her that. What um, they are teaching her is she did a chapter on climate change. Um, she just got done... Did
0: fishing. climate change cause the Holocaust? No. Oh.
4: No, she knows nothing about the Holocaust at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not teaching anything like that. And how old is she? She's twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in their in their um, you know their history class right now. They're learning about the uh, Chinese people in China.
5: Mm-hmm. Um,
4: they just finished a chapter on Canada. So I mean, they're not really learning about American history, much less the Holocaust
0: all right my friend thank you for your call all right let's continue let me go to all right lee los angeles california 870 the answer krla where we're live and national go
6: still a genuine honor to talk to you thank you they what are they teaching i mean i teach Mm -hmm. part-time and i and i we have kids in our family they're teaching useless crap is what Mm -hmm. they're teaching uh, and they're not teaching anything substantive. Uh, I can only, I can only say. Are I,
0: they teaching the Holocaust?
6: No. Not
0: no. even for an hour.
6: Sustainability, climate change. Um, uh, you know what it is? It's a lot of. It's 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 already. It's, the sixth, it's a lot of the 60s radicals. I know you've talked about this before. It's the 60s radicals who have basically um, burrowed into all the major institutions. And, of course, the 60s radicals are now older, but they have kids who've t- been taught by them. So it's, 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 it's insidious. Uh, it's just uh, – I mean, I was, I was, uh, I'm a, a child of Holocaust survivors, two out of the four members of our family who made it out. The rest – the rest are in the history books not being taught.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, and uh, it's, it, you know, there are just, there are, the
0: people... There let, me, are, let, me, let, me, let me ask you a question. Your parents, what's going on in the schools, and then when kids have no familiarity with this history, in which America went to war, and we lost an enormous number of soldiers. When you don't have an understanding or a grasp of what's taken place and what that was all about, and when you hear a Joe Scarborough talk about Trump or others talk about Trump as Hitler or neo-Nazis and so forth, and you dumb down this entire thing, and this is what they hear from the media, that Donald Trump is, is, is like Hitler or Stalin or Mussolini or what have you, this does, this does this is so corrosive and cancerous to a society, isn't it?
6: you know something, I've, 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 ta- I've taught media, I've taught film, and sometimes in the conversation when this comes up, and there's always somebody who lately talks about Trump as Hitler or whatever, you know how I stop the conversation and they look at me questioningly? I tell them, my parents, that's my mother and father, saw Hitler in the original. Do you understand what that means? <laughs> at which point they ask a few questions. But
0: uh, You should have a black and white ready to go. A United States Army film of some of these camps, Treblinka, what have you, that were freed by the United States military. And Eisenhower ordered, he ordered the United States military to film what they saw. And he insisted that the media come and see this because he said, people need to see what's taking place here. They're not going to believe it. And people will rewrite history. And you have Eisenhower to thank for those films.
6: Tell you there, are, there's an expression that my mentor, who fought in World War II, uh, told me once. He said about people who don't know anything anymore, you know, and haven't for a long time. There are none so blind as those who will not see. So when you try and talk about, you know, to, to the young people in our family, they look. They look at me like I'm crazy because their parents had never told them anything. And by the way, one other thing, because I wanted to 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 quote this for a long time to you, Mark. You know, (laughs) oddly enough, at the end of the Dickens story of A Christmas Carol, you know, where Scrooge sees the future, you know, the ghost, and he sees the kids under the ghost's robe, and they're shivering, and they're you know they're dirty and they're poor, and uh, Scrooge says, "Who are they?" And the, the future, the ghost of the future says, they are man's. This boy is ignorance. This girl is want. Beware them both, but beware this
0: boy. You're right. And, and, and are, he was. And these are the people who are attracted to the Bernie Sanders types. They really are. All right, thanks for your call. That is people who have a very, very thin understanding of facts and history. Let's go to Lee, Decatur, Illinois, Sirius Satellite. Go. No more Lee. How about Art? Art, uh, Pittston, I'm looking, Pennsylvania, the great uh, WSBA. Go.
7: Uh, Yes, Mark. I'm a a former teacher principal now. Uh, Ten years when I taught, I made it a point to teach uh, in my classroom. Our our students attended, uh, we had a local exhibit at our local college for Ravensbruck, the women's concentration camp. Which we attend to it with uh, my classes, and then the uh, Northeast Pennsylvania Jewish Federation has an annual teen symposium where the kids break down in groups and speak with actual survivors, and it made such a difference and an impact on talking to these people with my classes. And I was proud to teach it, and I thought, well, that that's what you
0: taught, and that's really, really, you know, smart of you and and wise of you. Is that what other teachers are teaching too?
7: Uh in my school now, I'm an elementary school principal. Uh, they, some of them are still doing it. Um, I'm, I'm with little kids now, but um, you know, I make it a pledge. Of my, just to, how about middle school? My...
0: Even though you're not a principal there, do you know of any of that? High school? Uh, we
7: teach it. We we do teach it at our, at our school.
0: Very very good. Are you concerned that two thirds of millennials don't know what Auschwitz is?
7: Absolutely, they're all worried about their their cell phones. That's all they worry about their cell phones. Uh, <laughs>
0: They may be worried about their cell phones. I'm worried about the teachers. They got to teach them the class.
7: Absolutely. And, 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 and my school, like, so we, have the, we have the little ones that we make it a point to say the Pledge of Allegiance every day.
0: Well, Friday, your school's like, unique. And I, and I think your children, the parents and children, are very, very lucky because uh, uh, my kids left California because of what they were doing in these schools. And now they're going to teach about LGBT and all the rest of it. And she, my daughter said, Yeah, that's it. I can't handle this anymore. That's, that's If adults want to debate it, that's fine, but we're not going to go into indoctrination in our elementary schools. All right, Lee. Thank you for your call, my friend. Uh, Art, I'm sorry, Art. Say that again, Richie, louder. Okay, Margo in Illinois on the Mark Levin app. Go ahead.
4: Hi, Mark. My seventh-grade daughter received her book report back. The book report was The Diary of Anne Frank. She received it back with a comment in a This is not a true story, just a novel written by the teacher at the top of the page. Yes. Yes. I was so angry. I called the principal. I took it to the school board. I was furious. I couldn't believe it. So these teachers are so...
0: so And what happened?
4: Oh, they said, well, they said they would talk to her and they would make sure she knew it was actually a true story and they were sorry, blah, blah, blah. You know, I tried to tell as many people as I could. I showed it to all my friends. I just couldn't believe it. I, I, I was horrified. I mean, you know, I'm a person who makes my children read certain books. I have book lists that they have to read that I come up with during the summer. And, of course, that was one of them. I, I was just horrified. But thank that's, you,
0: thank you for, re, for sharing that with us. Ladies and gentlemen, as we add additional matters here, matters of uh, urgent concern to me, I want you to listen to Cut 13. Adam Schiff at impeachment here. I want you to listen, listen to this. Mr. Producer, Cut 13, go.
8: Americans are now left to wonder if their vote matters or if they're simply pawns in a system being manipulated by shadowy foreign forces working on behalf of corrupt interests. Now, of now I, want is- you, I
0: want you to think about what this man is doing to our country. They're trying to They're trying to destroy faith in the American system. That's what they're doing. That's what the left is doing. Ladies and gentlemen, is a foreign force telling you how to vote? Is a foreign force telling the left how to vote? A foreign force? That we're pawns in the Russian system? Is this not insanity? Is this not sick? They're caught up in their own propaganda. And we have senators coming out of these these events, and, and, and telling us how persuasive they are. Go ahead.
8: President, over the long term, this weakens our democratic system's capacity for self-governance.
0: All right, so stop. So he goes on about foreign interference in our elections, correct? So when Barack Obama interfered in the Israeli election to try and topple Benjamin Netanyahu some time back, what was that? What was that? What was it? And we have foreign governments interfering in our elections all the time. They don't talk about red China. Michael Bloomberg sure as hell won't. Diane Frankenstein sure as hell won't. Interfering in our elections all the time. Now, this last time, what was interesting in 2016 is Obama kept it secret until the last week of the general election because he thought uh, Hillary would win and he didn't want it to, uh, to taint her magnificent victory. Now, this man is the head of the House Intelligence Committee. What the hell has he done about this? He's the head of the House Intelligence Committee. Now, the greatest threat to our election last time, and unfortunately this time, is the Democrat Party. What they're doing today. Because here's what Schiff also said today. Cut 14, go.
8: Future presidents may believe that they too can use the substantial power conferred on them by the Constitution in order to undermine our system of free and fair elections. Now
0: remember, it was Trump who was spied on. It was Trump where the FISA court was unleashed against his presidency. Remember, it was Trump who was the victim of the dossier and the Obama administration and the press. He didn't interfere in the 2016 election. He was the target. You think the Russians want Trump reelected, or you think they want Bernie Sanders? Or Joe Biden, who they know they can roll? Or Elizabeth Warren? Is this a joke? I sure hope some of the president's defense counsel make the point. You think the Russians want Trump reelected, or do you think they want Bernie Sanders elected? They know Bernie. Moscow knows Bernie. It's right at his honeymoon. Go ahead.
8: That they, too, can cheat to obtain power or keep it. That way lies disaster
0: for the great Honestly, Americans. Honestly, I can't take this anymore. I'll be right back.
1: Mark in.
0: Of course, when it comes to election integrity, the Democrats are the last to support that. The last. Here, big league politics, just the other day, electoral fraud. Hundreds of non-citizens were registered to vote in Illinois during the 2018 elections. Hundreds. Now, what do the Democrats want to do about that? Nothing. They don't want to clean the rolls. They don't want voter ID. They don't want to insist on citizenship. But they're concerned about election integrity, don't you know? I really despise the Democrat Party for what it's done to this country over the years. Oh, they'll say civil rights and Social Security and all the rest. But they're not responsible for civil rights. The black churches in the South are responsible for civil rights. And over 150 years ago, the Republican Party effectively fought the Democrat Party when the North fought the South for slavery over slavery. We didn't need lectures from the Democrat Party. You know, it was less than a hundred years ago in New York, at what is Madison Square Garden today. They had the Democrat convention. And the biggest contingent there was the Klan. They called it the Klan-bake. The Klan is a creation of the Democrat Party. The Klan, you need to understand, was a terrorist militia wing of the Democrat Party after the Civil War. There's no such thing in the Republican Party. The Democrat Party is a party of that tolerates and supports violence. Fundamental transformation. Constant change. It doesn't appreciate the founding principles. As represented by the New York Times. And 1619 Project. So to see Adam Schiff talk about the Constitution. We need to get rid of this president before the next election. Adam Schiff is a tyrant dressed up as a congressman. That's what he is. He's a madman, in my humble opinion. When you really think about this guy, he's a pathological, serial liar on a power trip. He's on a power trip. Rarely does a man with such a thin background with such a weak grasp of reality become so quote-unquote important. I have a friend who had a friend of his on on an airline flying to California. You know, Schiff represents Burbank and some of the other areas, which used to be Republican, by the way, about 20 years ago. And um, he says Schiff's treated like a celebrity. Thank you for all you're doing on the plane. And this is the bubble. This, this, is, this is what reinforces his, uh, his narcissism. I'll be right back.
1: When the going gets tough, a tough get... Mark Levin. Call him now at 877 381
0: You know, as the new year begins, Hillsdale College thanks you for your loyalty to freedom. And since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of Liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive a Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses, or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even a penny, one penny, of government money. This independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, without government interference. At no time in our nation's history has there been a greater need for the kind of classical liberal arts education that Hillsdale offers on its campus And nationwide. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. Happy New Year from Hillsdale College. And to learn more, visit Levinfrayhillsdale.com, L E V I N Frayhillsdale.com, Levinfrayhillsdale.com. Well, maybe you've heard this, but not from this program, so it's time to, to do it. A voter to Elizabeth Warren in Iowa. Wednesday, on student loans. She wants to wipe out all student loans and this father says, wait a minute. I broke my butt working double shifts to make sure my daughter could go to college and we wouldn't have loans. We saved the money. And now you're going to screw people like me to pay for people who weren't responsible. Let's try and take a listen to this. Cut five, go.
2: My daughter's getting out of school. I saved all my money. She doesn't have any student loans. Save any money, and those of us that did the right thing get screwed. Of course we did. My buddy had fun, bought a car, went on vacations. I saved my money. He made more than I did, but I worked a double shift, worked extra. My daughter works in his ten. So you're laughing. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. We did the right thing, and we get screwed. I appreciate that's
0: Now let me read it because you couldn't hear her. So the gentleman says, my daughter's getting out of school, I've saved all my money, she doesn't have any student loans, and I'm getting my money back. Am I? Warren, of course not. So you're going to pay for people who didn't save any money, and those of us who did the right thing get screwed? No, you're not going to get screwed. Of course we do. My buddy had fun, bought a car, went on vacations. I saved my money. He made more than I did. But I worked a double shift, worked extra, and my daughter's worked since she was 10. So you're laughing? No, I'm not. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. We did the right thing and we get screwed. I appreciate it. And off she goes. And off she goes. And this is the truth. There's many of you listening to this program who are in a decent wage, but you're not wealthy. You have to work hard. Many of you went to college, but many of you didn't. Or maybe you went to a two-year college you realize you realize, that only 34% of the people in this country have gone to college or are going to college. Two-thirds have not, or at least haven't completed a four-year degree. You're going to have a situation where people who earn less and didn't go to college, or didn't complete their college, or only went to college for two years, a two-year college, are subsidizing people to go to college who will make more than they do or whose parents make more than you do. This is the dirty little secret. Free college means the lower middle class and the middle class is going to subsidize others in the middle class and the upper middle class. It's like reverse wealth sharing. reverse redistribution of wealth. Now, why is the left doing this? For indoctrination. They know they control these universities. They know that it's, it's their left-wing buddies who are tenured in these, these, uh, these institutions. They have a monopolistic, pretty much, ideology. And they want as many people as possible to go through this sausage grinder. You've heard over and over again, and many of you have experienced this. You have kids, they're solid, they're conservative, you raised them right, kids of faith, they come out of college and you don't even recognize them anymore. That's exactly what Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and the rest of them want. Now, how do we know this? We know this because the early progressives over 100 years ago said so. We got to take over the educational system. So you can't just teach math, history, Science. There needs to be a social aspect to everything we do. And this is what, of course, has destroyed the media. They don't just report news, no. Everything has to be soaked in ideology of the left. Well, that's the same with education. Now it's climate change. Two and two equals climate change. Climate change caused the War of 1812. We just didn't know it. The great earthquake of Missouri in, in the 1800s. That was climate change. Now we know. Climate change. But the point here is, most of these policies... I mean, look. You don't have to believe me. Look at Venezuela. Who is suffering? Suffering. That was modern socialism, democratic socialism. Chavez and Amadoura. The wealthiest country south of our border, Venezuela. The biggest oil reserves, it used to be in the world. Now it's, of course, second to us, but it doesn't matter. You can have all the oil you want. If You can't extract it, properly refine it, produce it, ship it. You can't eat it. Socialism doesn't have market systems. Socialism doesn't build processes from which you can go from A to Z. Socialism is about redistribution of wealth. It's not about creating wealth. Let me emphasize this. Socialism is not about creating wealth. It's about redistributing wealth. Capitalism is about creating it and distributing it on a voluntary method. But politicians can't stand it. They want to control it. They can't stand it. They have to control it. But control what? They don't even know what they're controlling. They don't even know how the systems work. They don't know how you extract oil from shale. They don't know how you, how you refine it and process it and ship it. They don't know how to change a tire. They don't know how to change their oil. But they know how to run every single industry in America based on what? Egalitarianism. But egalitarianism isn't an economic model. It's an ideological model. A failed one, but nonetheless, Marxist socialism. So what these proposals, it's like make Medicare for all. Who the hell do you think is going to pay for that? Seriously. Medicare for all. Green New Deal. Who do you think going to lose jobs as a result of that? Every man and woman who works in a steel mill a coal mine, an oil patch, drives a truck, farmers, ranchers, just think of it. Just think of the control and the decisions they're going to make. They don't care about the outcomes. They're not going to confess that their ideology is flawed. When things don't work out, what do they do? They do more of it. When government's oppressive, the answer is more oppressive government. When there's not enough redistribution going on, the answer is to nationalize more industries through the back door, more regulations, more taxes. It is amazing to me, our colleges and universities, with a few exceptions, are massively bloated institutions which get federal subsidies through loans, state subsidies confiscatory tuition. And for what? As they build bigger and bigger campuses and more and more buildings and pay tenured professors who barely teach, more and more money, pensions, health care. How come they're not regulated by the government? I'm not saying they should be. I'm asking why. How come they're not regulated by Congress? Everything else is vaping, carbon Dioxide, what you excel, whatever. Why don't they regulate it? Because it's a breeding ground for their ideology. They're not going to regulate colleges or tuition. They'll make it free. So you have to subsidize it differently. It's like the trial lawyers. The trial lawyers, the vast majority of them are huge donors to the Democrat Party. When you drive along the ocean in West Palm Beach, it is a beautiful, beautiful drive. Let's say you're driving north. On the the east side is a beautiful ocean, and then on the west side, these mansions. You ever wonder who lives in those mansions? They're not all industrialists. They're not all CEOs. Many of them are some of the biggest litigation lawyers in the country who give enormous amounts of money to the Democrat Party. Tell me, Based on this populism attitude, how come Congress never proposes regulating the fees of lawyers? Again, I'm not supporting it. I'm asking you why. They, they regulate everything. Why is that a problem? We'll be right back. Mark Levin. There are a lot of great conservative organizations out there doing some incredible work, but I want to take a minute and talk to you about the Media Research Center, or MRC, or as I like to call them, America's media watchdog. When you think of the MRC, you should think of one thing, truth, because for over 30 years their guiding principle has been that the American people deserve to be told the truth. And unfortunately, most of the people in the media, well, they care more about their agenda than the truth. Just look at how they cover impeachment and the Iran issue some time back. It's pathetic. That's why the MRC is so important, no matter where you get your news from. If you're looking for the truth, you should pay attention to the work of the MRC. And you can start by going to mrclevin.org. And you'll notice in several parts of uh, Unfreedom of the Press, I note the great research. The great research of the Media Research Center and their great leader, Brent Bozell, again, Check out M-R-C-L-E-V-I-N, M-R-C-Levin.org. Now, I've worked with Brent Bozell and his team at the MRC for many, many years. And I admire them, and I respect their work. And I rely on them. Newsbusters, CNS News, MRC-TV, all of them. If you care about this country, and you do, if you care about the truth, and you do, you should know more about the MRC. Just check it out. It won't hurt you. Go to MRClevin.org, M-R-C-L-E-V-I-N.org. That's MRClevin.org. All right, let's get a caller in here, Mr. Producer. To whom shall I go? On the Mark Levin app, Chris in Ohio. Go. Hey,
9: Mark. um I'll get to my main point quickly, but just what you're saying about the kids today. I managed high school-aged boys in the summertime in baseball, and you wouldn't believe the crap I put up with. Um, what you were speaking about Adam Schiff, my girlfriend, um, soon-to-be wife, is a Cuban immigrant. She's been in this country over 20 years. Her f- family was robbed of everything by Castro. He stole their homes. I'm talking about her grandfather stole his business. She said the other day when we were discussing your show, when you said that Adam Schiff sounded like a beardless Castro, she says to me, Oh my god, Chris, this guy is right on target. And let me tell you how bad she had it growing up. When we talk about people like Bernie Sanders and breadlines and advocating this red communist BS. She had to go down to the ocean, Mark, and pick snails off a bottom of rocks just to survive, just to have substance. Yeah. They got they got a dozen eggs a week. For a family of four, two pounds of chicken a month, a little bag of beans and a little rice. And when I would tell her about me growing up and how we didn't have a lot, I felt like a complete A-double-S when she told me the Mm -hmm. stories and what she faced. Mm -hmm. And all these people, all these kids today that want to advocate for socialism, like my lovely little lady says. They should go get dropped off in the middle of Havana, where she grew up.
0: All right, my friend, you know went. what? This is a very, very compelling call. Very. And I appreciate it very much. We've got to bring our program to an end, and I apologize for that. And we do that every Friday with an America in honor of you. Don't forget, tomorrow, the president's lawyers begin to speak. So you'll want to watch that. They haven't had a chance to speak in three months. Here we go. Folks, the week is officially over. The weekend begins now. Please don't forget Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, Life, Liberty, and Levin. It's a killer. Don't forget it. You're going to love it. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, and all our fellow Americans who protect us. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi. And I will see you Sunday. I will be here Monday. And good night, Dad. Good night, Mom, and good night, Leo. Be well and.